Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. The psychology concept of the week this week may seem like a simple and obvious one, but I chose it for a reason. And the concept is that of our social norms, social or cultural norms. And they may, it may seem obvious because a lot of you may know the book definition of this, which is uh, they are the rules for accepted and expected behavior. And by the way, the in all of these concepts I talk about on the show can be found in a free online intro to psychology textbook from the website openstacks.org. That's stacks with an X. Okay. All right. So that out of the way, um, why did I choose this one? I, the, the, this particular concept is from the field of social psychology. Again, if you've listened to Many of my podcasts, you know, that's one of my favorite fields of psychology. And one of the main themes of social psychology is to emphasize through research the power of the situation, meaning that situational forces have influences over our behavior more so than we give credit for or understand. Now, with social norms, there's such a wide-reaching concept, it was really hard for me to just narrow it down and even give examples because this is an invisible force that affects almost all of our behaviors, and it goes undetected, and we don't give it enough focus, enough attention. It shapes our behaviors, big and small, and it can shape our thinking as well about ourselves and other people. And once we open our eyes a little bit more to notice these rules around us, that we're confined by them, what's expected of us in every situation, why we do the daily routines that we do, right, daily routines, then it's almost like waking up from the matrix in a sense. I say, oh, I didn't realize this was really that powerful and controlling our behavior to some extent. Now, going back to some textbook stuff. Social norms can be divided into two basic categories. There are explicit norms, okay? In this case, it means rules that society has created that are more or less written down somewhere, right? Like policies, uh, dress codes for school, uh, grading policies for a class, traffic laws, right? Uh, the legal system, basically, if you commit crime A, you get punishment B, that kind of thing, right? Those are explicit norms. Those are less interesting because they're very clear, right? More or less that you break this norm, then you have this consequence, right? And so what's more interesting is the other category. That is of implicit norms, right? These are of course, the word implicit, derived from the word implied, okay, these are the unwritten rules of our society, of groups, of uh, situations, right? So think about what these might be. Is there a written rule that you must use deodorant, right, or antiperspirant, right? You may think that's a personal choice, but if you work closely with people, in person, <laughs> I wonder what that's like, right? 
and you share an office, well, you want everyone to smell pleasant. Now, is this necessarily an explicit norm at the workplace, that everyone must smell pleasant? I, I doubt that's really in the dress code, right? But So this would might fall into the category of an implicit norm. It's implied that you should not stink it up when you're around people in a professional setting or even in a social setting, right? Go on your next blind date and not brush your teeth and not bathe for a couple of days beforehand, right? Wear an old shirt, uh, put on some old underwear, <laughs> you know, all right? You know what I mean, okay? And there are going to be consequences for violating these norms. Now, with implied social norms, implicit social norms, we may not know exactly what the consequences are for violating them, right? They're not as clear-cut as they are for the explicit norms in our society because, you know, they're not written. But we just kind of know them. And that's why we oftentimes see uh, world leaders have missteps when they visit another country, another culture, and they use the wrong gesture, the wrong phrase, or bow at the wrong angle. And so cultural and uh, social norms within a culture, you can argue that they're necessary, right? Otherwise, we would have to redefine, and every day would be a surprise as to what's expected, right? What's the norm for uh, punctuality, right? And this varies across the world, oddly enough. You think that, well, being somewhere at 10 o'clock means you have to be there at 10 o'clock, but then how late is considered late, Right. I remember these studies that were done years and years ago comparing cultures around the world. And I believe in the U.S., maybe the 10 or 15 minute mark might be where we draw the line and start thinking, yeah, this person's running late. But in some other cultures, I believe it was in Central America, that in some of those countries in particular, someone would have to be over 30 minutes late before someone feels like, you know, I think so-and-so is running late for our, our get-together. Okay, And so these implied norms, you may assume to be true and universal, but many are not, right? Even the amount of personal distance we have between people, right, in the age before social distancing and the pandemic, right? In some cultures, it might be six feet or more that, you know, in, in a general public, <laughs> public space, that's the kind of distance we would have to feel comfortable. But in some other places, it would be much less, Right. So so and this could vary amongst individuals, of course. Right. Some are more comfortable when people are not close to them. Others are more comfortable with people standing close to them. But that is something that's measurable within a culture and can be compared as a norm. Right. And trust me, uh, marrying my wife, A, who is Burmese American and I'm Taiwanese American, I had to learn a lot of these rules. And there's an old episode where I talked about a few of these, but I remember I used to break a lot of these rules with my hands, with my feet, and, you know, things that I would say that uh, would make my in-laws eyes roll, okay? And so there are definite consequences to breaking these cultural norms. So the, the big question that I want to raise here and why this might be an important idea is... Is it easy to break from these social conventions and social norms, right? And why would we want to, right? What if there are norms that are, some of them are called social scripts, 
meaning like a sequence of events that's supposed to happen in a given situation. Like we all know there's a restaurant script, right? You show up, someone leads you to a seat, right? You look at the menu, and then in many restaurants, you order appetizer or drinks, then appetizer, main dish, then dessert, that kind of thing, right? And you usually pay after the meal. Well, there's some other types of restaurants where you pay the first thing you walk in, right? But we're all familiar with these restaurant scripts. So what if someone created a restaurant where you walk in and it was sort of unclear as to what to do, right? Or maybe it's your first time in Asia, you go to a night market and you're not really sure what to do, you know, when, you know, do I stand in that line, this line, or, you know, what's the convention here? I know that waiting for a subway train, not the sandwich, right? That behavior kind of varies from place to place, right? In some places, people don't line up. In other places, they, they actually do. In other places you've seen, probably in Japan, you know, during rush hour, you know, you get shoved in by, <laughs> you know, a subway platform official, right? And so they're, so when someone violates your cultural norm, it kind of stands out. And often we don't want to be that person. So following the rules, and this has a lot to do with conformity. We haven't used that word yet, right? Conformity can be good, right? Social norms are there because it acts like a social lubricant, okay? Okay, not in the sexual way, but in like the motor oil kind of way, right? Let's things run smoothly, right? So if there's a dating script that more or less everyone knows, and that, you know, and it, and it probably changes from generation to generation, of course, right? So let's say, you know, in a heterosexual situation, you're out on a first date, you know, who's expected to pay? Who's expected to drive? Right? Who's expected to open the door for the other person? All of these kinds of minutiae or mini behaviors, micro behaviors, are often defined by these social scripts, right? So if you violate that, then you could be perceived as being uh, impolite, right? And so that's why these rules are important because once we know what they are and then we can kind of relax and just follow these implied rules and everyone can just not be distracted by them and have a good time, right? And so that that is why, you know, it is so hard for an immigrant of any country moving to a different country other than their root country and have to learn all of these rules. It's not just about language adjustment. It's about these implied rules of driving. Yes, even though driving has rules that are written in stone, but there are others that are more implied, right? Um, that are part of our driving behavior. Okay. Anyway, so I can go on and on about all these different ideas, but at some point, even though these social norms are great and a lot of our conformity is considered good, right? We want everyone to be driving similar speed and not running into each other on the road with our cars, right? Um, but yet there are times when these social norms can be very confining. Think about your parents' expectations for you to be in school, to achieve a certain type of degree or status or job, right? You have to think about, well, where do these expectations come from for them? Right? Why, why do they decide that you have to be an engineer or, or a doctor or a lawyer, right? <laughs> you know, the, and have to go to an Ivy League school. What, what gave them this notion? 
And that has to do with the social norms of that culture, where for them, maybe because they're an immigrant parent, for example, they know that financial security is very important because that was an utmost priority for them. And it's also very cultural in some cultures to uh, value financial security above all else, to own a home more than all everything else. In Taiwan, for example, and also it's probably because of the real estate situation there, owning a home and having multiple generations living in it, passing it down and sharing it is normal. That is a cultural norm. So when a young person or a couple or any family says that they're renting, right, or that they do not own a home, it is quite shocking for a local Taiwanese person to hear that, right? It's like, oh, you know, how is it that you're not doing that? It's also a cultural norm for everyone to have uh, nationalized insurance just because it's, it's available. Everyone should have it. So when we were visiting and and went to a local doctor and they asked, do you have the national insurance card? And we said no. You know, they were kind of shocked. Like, oh, why don't you have that? Because we're, we're also breaking a cultural norm in that sense. Okay. And so when it can be frustrating if you are trying to break out of the mold, right? You're trying to break a social norm, whether it's majoring in art where the people around you in your community or family don't expect that or do not approve of that, right? Um, or that you're maybe 52 years old and you want to go back to school, okay? Well, we have our societal norms that you go to high school, then you go to college, then you go to work, right? And then so it becomes a challenge for that person to have to break through these norms. Okay, so lastly, we talked about a lot of these sort of big decisions and big behaviors, but I want to leave you with this thought also is that from the moment you wake up, even the time you chose to wake up, and then you go through all the sequence of events that you have to do throughout the day, right? Examine each one to see, is this behavior determined by a social norm that I'm following, right? Am I putting on this particular shirt because I'm following a particular norm? Am I getting up at this hour because I'm, you know, am I eating at this time? What I choose to eat, right? You know, and social media now is creating all sorts of new norms for each gender, for each subgroup in our society, right? For each generation that we give a label to. And one last thing also is that social norms, especially the implied ones, are very arbitrary, right? Uh, who came up with the rules that you have to shake your hand this way, right? I know in the West, and especially in America, when you go to a job interview and you shake hands, right, that you're taught to give a firm handshake. It's a sign of assertiveness, right? And I remember long ago, I met some friends who were originally from Hong Kong and they're working in the States, and I met one friend, his name was Jackie, yeah, Jackie from Hong Kong. And so when I shook his hand the American way, I almost crushed his knuckles, not because I'm a very strong guy, which I'm not, but because the Chinese way of handshaking in many Asian countries is a more of a gentle gesture, right, to show respect as opposed to a firm grip, which can come across as being aggressive and negative. So even that very small 
behavior or greeting gesture is determined by and bound by a cultural or social norm. Okay. Anyway, so I'm not sure exactly why. I had a bunch of other topics that I wanted to talk to you to choose from for today, and I and this one just sort of floated to the surface because the whole idea about choosing the concept of the week is for me to reflect upon all these ideas that I've taught in the classroom and in my psycho- psychology classes, which one sort of rose to the surface as being the most interesting. And I do recall that even though social norms is a fairly easy concept to grasp, it, it is also not easy to understand in terms of its influence and how much of an influence even for me doing this podcast, I'm following the script, literally not reading a script, but there are scripts, social scripts, for how to conduct a podcast, right? There are suggested or implied norms for when a podcast should be produced. It should be weekly, right? It should be on a regular basis. You should use a certain volume level, right? Um, you should record in your closet if you don't have a studio, <laughs> you know, those kinds of things, right? So... A lot of things that we do are bound by norms. How we should speak, what kind of grammar to use, okay? which which dives into a whole different kind of issue. Anyway, that should wrap it up for today. So let me go and take an ad break. Thanks for joining. And after this short sponsor break, I'll wrap up with some more thoughts. Okay, so remember to look in the description on ways to find me, ways to support the podcast, and any kind of support whether it's adding a rating in Spotify or review in Apple Podcasts or just sharing it amongst your friends or, you know, buying me coffee. Right? All of those options are available. So thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. Our podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, friends, maintaining our mental health is not easy, and the good news is that therapy does work. And what is therapy? Is really whatever you choose it to be. It can help you with your motivation. Maybe you're feeling stuck and you need some extra tools to help get you unstuck. Maybe you're feeling insecure in a relationship or having issues at work or just dealing with daily stress. So whatever it is you need, it's important to overcome that sense of shame about getting help because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So... Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself and your mental health. So, I have a special offer for our Psychology Concepts Explained listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash psychexplained. That's better, H-E-L-P, dot com slash psych explained. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring our podcast. Okay, welcome back and thanks for hanging in there. 
And I just want to conclude by talking about a couple more ideas that actually are related to the social norms. And one is mask wearing, right, in our current climate of the pandemic. I feel that the conformity pressure is pretty high. For one, if you feel like you belong to a particular political persuasion, right, or a social group where you're dissing masks and you know, you'd prefer not to wear it, and the people around you aren't wearing it, but a little bit of part of you wants to be safe and wear it, uh, I bet you're bound to not wear that mask when you're around people who are not, right? And do you ever go to, like, say, a grocery store, any environment, and you know the you want to be safer and wear the mask in public, but you look around first? You know, there's safety in numbers, right? That's part of conformity is that... We feel like we're part of this group, and we feel safe and secure when everybody's either not wearing a mask, then I feel safe and secure knowing that I'm not going to stand out by wearing one, or that everybody else is wearing a mask, and I'm going to put mine on for that sense of security. Now, I'm not talking about medical security or, or that kind of thing, our health, necessarily. I'm just talking about the choice of whether we wear one or not might be dictated a by our surroundings and the people around us that are either wearing or not wearing a mask, right? And so, uh, you know, that's while we traveled in our camper van across the country and going through different states, and we know that some are red states and some are blue states and all that kind of jazz, and it's pretty obvious when you go to certain places and no one's wearing a mask, you know, what do we do? Well, the three of us still mask up, even though we're Asian, we're wearing masks, and and we're making ourselves a target, we still do it, right? Luckily, nothing's ever happened to us so far, knock on wood, right? But that's how powerful social norms are, that it can affect whether or not we play it safe, you know, whether we make the right decisions. And oftentimes we go with the flow despite our own inclinations, right? And so that's how powerful conformity is. Oftentimes we conform with the group even though we know that what we're doing is not right, okay? Which dives into a lot of other social psych concepts of de-individuation or what some people call mob behavior, you know, that kind of thing, the mob mentality in terms of large groups, right, in a public setting. Anyway, so that's kind of what I want to conclude with in terms of thinking about social norms in our in our current society, and uh, and yeah, it's 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 just very challenging, right, to be able to do what you feel you have to do, but if the people around you don't believe in it or are working against that, then it could be very very difficult. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I think uh, we're doing pretty good here in Texas. Um, finally in a place where we can hang out in one place for a while, which is kind of good and bad. We're fairly nomadic and we're pretty happy when we're on the move, seeing different places almost every day. And so being in one place is a bit of a challenge for us. But we're very grateful to be healthy, to be safe, to be financially secure, 
and for me to be able to talk to you guys again on a regular basis. Okay? And I forgot to mention that um, at the bottom in the description, there should be a link somewhere on, uh, especially I think, or might only be available on the Spotify app in terms of responding or giving feedback to a question that I'll pose. Okay? All right, folks, that's enough. And I'll talk to you next time.